Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Amigos Club. This is the largest Latinx club on Clubhouse, and we're going to get started here, waiting for my two moderators. Rodrigo and Dolly should be coming in very, very shortly. And today we're going to be talking about antisocial behaviors versus loner behaviors versus introvert behaviors, because you really should know the difference as a parent. Um, it actually comes in light of the recent events that happened in Texas. Um, because we wanted to do a series of, of rooms here on the Amigos Club where we're addressing some of the preventative measures that you could take to help kids that are in a bad place. And so that's where this um, room is generated from and what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really happy that you're here. Welcome, and my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent. That's my business. I help parents of school-aged children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I do that by online courses and one-on-one coaching, but primarily through an app that I'm going to put the link up in above in just a moment. Um, And that app, inside the app, it's called Impactful Parent, available on Android and Apple. Inside, you'll find lots of parent education videos. And the best part about it is that it's free. So I hope that you check it out once I get the link up. Um, it's my passion to help parents and that's mainly how I love to do it because then you can have help right in your back pocket. It's right there whenever you need it. The videos I do are very like 15 minutes long so they're not time consuming and it has everything in there that you might want about parenting um, and growing every week because I add new stuff every single week. So. Things like, how do I get my child to stop procrastinating? What do I do if my child is talking back to me? What if I do, what if, I don't even know if my kid's eating correctly. Um, I mean, just, just about anything. And how I get those great topics is by you. So you can message me and say, hey, I'd like to get information about this topic. And then I create uh, a video on it and put it inside the app for you. So that's how I get these topics and that's why I know they're exactly what you need because they're literally coming from you, the parents, on topics that you really need to hear things about. Um, uh, Right now I'm working on a video about uh, vaping and marijuana and why parents need to uh, be on alert for this and what you can do and how you can do some preventative measures to help your child there. So I'm excited to get started though with this room today. And I'm just waiting for Dolly and Rodrigo to show up, which they will. Um, Dolly is a bullying coach. She has her own podcast. And Rodrigo is in the state of Texas, but he does mediation all over. Oh, there he is right there. I was just introducing you, Rodrigo. That's great. Uh, Thank you so much, Christina. I am still under the weather, so I will do my best to help out. But I definitely am... um, wanting to have this conversation. I know we've had some recent events that happened and I wanted to make sure that we had this conversation because it's really important that we identify these signs and what to do and how to approach our kids when we see these signs. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that you're still under the weather, but I understand. Um, I'm trying to get back home really quick too. So I'm like multitasking, but I'm I'm here with you. Um, and hopefully we can get Dolly in here so- shortly too. Um, and as I was saying, um, Rodrigo, he's a, a mediator. So uh, that's kind of where the three of us have come from in our parenting background. And we'll be happy to help you today. And so I'll go ahead and get started. Um, I wanted to start off by saying that when your child is being antisocial and they're hiding out in their room a lot, that this is not necessarily a red flag. It's something that teenagers love to do. Um, I think that it's uh, really common. And the hard part about this topic, just like if we were talking about um, drugs or alcohol use, a lot of the signs that are warning signs are also natural teenager behavior. And so it's up to us as parents to kind of navigate that and figure out what's normal 
for our teen and what's not normal for our teen. And there's a very fine line there, like really, really fine line. So when we go to a child who is withdrawing and spending a lot of time in their room, maybe putting their headphones on and listening to music all the time, and we look at that as normal teenager behavior, um, it is normal teenager behavior. Now, could it be a warning sign also? It definitely could. And this is where we have to kind of go, okay, but is this normal for our kid? And I would say that when we go forward and talk today about some of the warning signs that one thing you want to keep in mind is that way more on the side of caution versus, ah, they're just being a teenager. Don't worry about it. Like, that's just how this, these years are. I would go on the other side instead and say, I'm going to worry more a little bit and pay more attention and make sure that I'm focused on my kid and really start looking at those details um, versus writing it off. And that's going to be really important since that line is so thin between danger and normal. <laughs> it's really that, that crazy. Um, I'm going to ask Rodrigo, do you, um, were you ever the kind of teenager to withdraw from your family and, and kind of just like put the headphones on and, and walk away? You know, I think a lot, um, a lot of kids handle things differently. And that's why it's really important to know our kids. And so, for example, for me, music was my escape. And so I love to listen to music, uh, specifically hip hop music. Whenever I had an issue, whenever I had a problem, you know, I, I'll just put on my headphones and and listen to music and you know, I'll just kind of resolve things that way. And so my, my parents knew that. My mom especially knew that. And she she understood, okay, está, está escuchando su música. You know, and, and so she understood that. That I think that's really important to know your kids, know what, uh, how they deal with things, and really what do they do that's different that should really be setting alarms off. So if I am listening to music, but then she also notices that I'm, uh, I, um, I don't know, talking to myself um, or angrier, right? then hopefully she notices, hey, there, there's a change to his behavior there. Yeah, he's listening to music. That's normal behavior. But it's also accompanied with these other signs. And so I think it's really important for us to know our kids, know what's going on with them, have these conversations daily, but notice those small little things. I know that I notice it with my sons, my boys. Uh, my youngest is particularly uh, sensitive to things. Uh, so, so when something goes wrong, I can tell his demeanor changes, his attitude changes. And so I let him know, you know, hey, we can talk about it. And sometimes he'll talk, we'll speak about it, sometimes we won't. But at least he knows that there's an outlet there and I can recognize that. And the same thing with Rodrigo. I really make it a point to uh, find out, you know, when he's okay, when he's not. But Rodrigo is very, very um, forward. He will seek me out. He will call me and say, Hey dad, how's it going? I'm like, hey, what's up? Oh, nothing. Oh, I gotta tell you about work. And then he'll start telling me about this, or he'll tell me about his mom, or he'll tell me about whatever's going on. So we have that kind of relationship. But I want to really emphasize that when you know your kids, you you will be able to see when there's a difference in their behavior. And I think that's really important for folks to uh, latch on to. If you notice some behavior that's different from your kid, it's really important to uh, take note of it, but also reach out to your kid and let them know, hey, let, let's talk about it. I couldn't agree more. Um, I I was in a situation not too long ago. Um, I, it was about three, geez, four years, four years ago now. And I started to see one of my chi children um, really, really withdraw and spend a lot of time in their room. And at first I dismissed it as normal behavior for the teenager. And then <clears throat> I started to notice that it was just going on a little too much. And then I started to notice that, you know, they look a little sad. And then it just, like, like I started just, it just didn't feel right in my stomach. And I feel like some of it is also knowing 
in your gut that something might be off. And listening to that as a parent, um, and sure enough, um, come to discover that this child was in a depression and was really, really upset. Um, and I had to go through some extreme measures to to help this kid because I was going to lose him. I literally was going to lose this kid. That that's where I was, and I was, I was like, "How is this happening? We're a good family. It, it doesn't even matter that you're a good family. It's it's about what's happening in their world." And so, just so important that you listen to your gut and and that you know that it happens to everybody, to all good families, to to everybody. And so, oh, it's just a really hard subject. And I just wanted to share that with you because. I think a lot of us also come from a, no, not me. It won't happen to us. Um, I'm going to be there and I'm there. I'm there for my kids. And it still happened to my family. And I still had to go through some measures to really uh, save this kid that I had. And luckily I did. And luckily I was there. Otherwise, I, uh, they probably would have, they probably would have hurt themselves or committed suicide or something. It was a dark place. So, um that's a little personal thing about me, but I know we probably want to get into some of these more warning signs. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I think a lot of times folks, they may be here on stage. They may see yourself, myself, Dolly, and other folks that are up here. And we talk about the successes and the triumphs of our parenting. But a lot of that comes through experience. And a lot of our experiences, uh, you know, unfortunately, they involve a lot of growth. And sometimes in that growth, there's a little bit of pain there. Now, I know that I've been through some situation with my boys and it hurts. It, it really hurts. And we try our best to navigate through those things. And I think that's why you are such an advocate and I'm such an advocate of communicating with our kids and getting to know our kids. And, you know, you've developed this app and I am a co-parenting coach and consultant because we feel like, hey, you know what? We have something to give back to the community. And it's it's really important that we let folks know, like, hey, wherever, whatever path or whatever phase you're on right now, when it comes to parenting, don't don't give up. If you feel it's tough, we 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 understand because we've been there before. Uh, you know, when it comes to co-parenting, I've been in every single situation. I have two boys; both of my boys have different moms, and it, on one side, it was a great co-parenting experience. And then the other side, it was the complete opposite. And so when we share these stories and we share our background, a lot of it is rooted, not just in education, not just in enthusiasm to spread this word, but it's also rooted in experience. And so I really appreciate you, Christina, for sharing that and letting folks know, you know, how, how you know, how you tackle that. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and pass it back off to Christina. Yeah, thank you, Rodrigo, because um, we do come from <laughs> experience and not just uh, education. I mean, yes, I've been a teacher for over 20 years, but, <clears throat> you know, I, I had those experiences of being scared about uh, losing my kid. And I've had behavior management problems with one of my kids. And it all gets um, the, the reason I have my behavior management program, um, which I have an online course, is because I went through it and I know what it's like and I can help. Oh, I don't want anybody else to have to go through that. So um, I just, yeah, that it is. It comes from a place of love and, hey, let me help you because I know what it's like I've been there. And so let's get into our topic today. Um, I want to first talk about um, the loner. And the first one is an intentional loner. And this one's more of a positive loner. Um, and this is someone who minds their own business and avoids their, uh, maybe their classmates or their, their peers because they just don't feel like they're, uh, they feel like their, their peers are toxic. So they're, they're intentionally loaning themselves because they just don't want to be around oh, those other people. They just don't feel like there's, they bring them value. So the, what makes this kind of loner, um, different or stand out what identifies them is that it usually is rooted in that this person has some strong core values or maybe some strong interests and they really like their own independent thought and they don't want other people to to influence them so they choose to be alone um and i think that all of us go through some of these 
at time to time, but that one would be okay. That one's all right. And again, it comes back to knowing your kid. Like, why are they um, isolating themselves? And having those conversations of, hey, let's talk about it. Why are you isolating? Are you okay? Or is everything all right? <clears throat> and if they're saying stuff like, yeah, you know, I just don't, I don't want to go out drinking with my friends. I think that's stupid. Then this could be an, an intentional loner. And then you have to praise that kid and be like, hey, good for you for sticking up for yourself, for sticking towards your your morals. Um, and that should be rewarded in a lot of ways. Um, another one would be a negative loner, though. And then the negative loner, these are intentional loners, too, but they have negative outlooks on society and prefer not to associate with others. Um, and their traits are come, maybe come from an anti social personality disorder. So it's a little bit, um, it's a, it, they they're basically are doing it because they think it looks cool to be alone versus um, the other kind of loner. And this one definitely could be a red flag. If they're thinking it looks cool to be alone and they're trying to, um, they just dislike others and they even usually dislike themselves in this particular situation, then that could be a red flag. And I think of this one as um, maybe I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I actually the from the the, the research I had there, um, they use an example of an intentional negative loner as uh, the character of the Joker in Batman, where he intentionally kept to himself, thinking that it was cool. There is also um, an unintentional loner. And this type of loner wants to socialize with others and be accepted, but they just haven't had the luck. Like they, these are like they, they just have bad social skills and maybe like odd body language and just like do not have, <clears throat> excuse me, the 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 social skills to interact with their peers quite as much. And then they are an unintentional loner, and this could be. Um, this could be a red flag, and it also could be fine. And this is where these these gray areas come into play. Because on one hand, that child could be okay. They just maybe are awkward and don't know how to socialize with their peers quite as well. But they're fine. Or it could get them depressed and make them feel bad about themselves. And that's where you have to really watch that line. They also may have a fear of rejection if they try to go out there and socialize. So instead of uh, going out there and putting themselves out there to say, hey, I'm going to try to make friends. They'd rather just be alone because that fear of rejection is just too much. And so it's it's just, it's scary for them. I'm going to pause there for a minute and ask Rodrigo if he has any comments on those. Now, th this is a great categorization of uh, the different types of loners. Uh, because when we, we often refer to a loner, a lot of folks immediately go into a negative connotation of a loner, right? Somebody who's just out there to be by themselves and they don't give a shit and they're, you know, what, you know, they, they, ah, oh, fuck society and this and that. They have these, you know, thoughts or whatever, but it's not, not the case at all. Actually, there's a lot of people that are truly fit, uh, fitting that category of loners, but they're good people. They, they, you know, they, they, they just have a different viewpoint. And so, yeah, your kid might be stuck, you know, playing video games all the time and never you never see your kid say like, hey, I want to go to the mall with my friends or, hey, I want to do this and do that. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, my God, my kid's a loner, man. He doesn't have any friends or anything like that, you know, but that just may be the way that they uh, navigate through life. And they actually do have healthy uh, social skills. They actually do have friends. They just have friends that are kind of made probably even themselves, you know the the um the anti-social club as my son says I, I say this because my my son my youngest son is uh he's a fantastic kid funny as hell but he he does definitely like to be alone he doesn't like to uh uh, uh congregate with his friends or whatever you want to call it and so even, even for me, uh, the other weekend or the other day he told me he goes hey this weekend I want to go to the mall with my friends and I was like, whoa, you know, that kind of just threw me off. I said, oh, okay, you know, you, you know, you, you, uh, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, first of all, you have friends. And then second of all, you want to go to the mall with them, you know, this and that. 
And it's very different for me because my experience growing up, I was everywhere. I was friends with everybody. I'm a, an extrovert. I, I think everybody can see that, that I, I just, I will talk to anybody. I haven't met a stranger yet. And so my type of interactions are very different from my youngest and even my oldest. My oldest is the same way. He's very uh, restrictive as to his social interactions. He doesn't really care much to be in the crowd all the time, unless it's something that he really likes. So I, again, I really want to emphasize, know your kids, because uh, a loner or somebody that's a loner isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, I know we have this negative connotation of it, but it's not. Now, if you see your, your kid and they do have this awkwardness, they do have, maybe they don't have the social skill set. Maybe they don't know how to speak to, uh, you know, a person that they're interested in, this and that, that's when those behaviors can compound their quote-unquote loner status and turn that into loneliness. And I think that's really critical that we as parents make sure that we set up our kids with those tools. Um, my, my son had a girlfriend for, for, almost, for about a year, a little over a year. And, and when they broke up, I I immediately stepped in and I wanted to let him know, like, hey, first of all, I got your back. Don't worry about it, blah, 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 da, da, da. But I also told him, like, hey, here, here's one way that I dealt with a breakup before. And here's how, you know, I, I really don't want you to be you know, a creeper. I don't want you to be, you know, uh, just following this girl around or anything like that. Okay, man. And, and we had a much longer conversation and so forth. But what I wanted to really emphasize to him was that uh, to, to give them those tool sets, that, that resource to understand how to deal with a breakup. Uh, not that my son was going to do something crazy or do something wild or whatever, but I want him to have the tools to understand how to deal with these situations. Unfortunately, I feel a lot of parents, and I've seen this through my practice, a lot of parents really want their kids to kind of find that stuff out on their own. And that's great, you know, for some kids that works. But for a lot of kids, it doesn't work. And we really do need to have a more hands-on approach to helping our kids navigate through these situations that occur. Because like Christina was mentioning, all it takes is one rejection. I know for a fact for myself, it was the very first time that I went in for a kiss. Well, it wasn't the very first time, but it was the first time that I went in for a meaningful kiss, I guess you would say. And I was rejected. And that has has pretty much burdened me for my entire life in a certain way. I've managed it and all this other stuff. But just handling that rejection was really difficult for me. And it kind of set the pace. And I didn't have access to my parents to talk to, talk to them about it. And I had this fear of rejection for a long, long time. And I, I really still do, to be honest. But I, I, my, my whole point for bringing that up is, had I had the right tool, the right tools, the right resources, and really some, you know, some good parenting, you know, maybe I would have been able to get over that and had healthier boundaries and have healthier perspectives when it comes to that, to, you know, facing situations where I might get rejected and not necessarily avoid those, uh, those, uh, th those incidences or those moments because of my fear of rejection. So it's really, again, just to reemphasize re the two main points, you know, being a loner is not necessarily a bad thing. And then second of all, let's give our kids the right tools and resources and the six and good toolkits to learn how to deal with their emotions and to deal with situations that arise from uh, uh, things that happen in their lives. I'll kick it back over to Christina. Yeah. So if you're like in this phase and you're like, you see your kid and you're like, okay, are they being a loner or maybe they're an introvert or am I, do I need to be concerned? Um, you know, so we, let me give you some differences and the loner, you know, the loner, there's a lot of self-reliance there. These are really, they can be very creative people, especially when given time alone. So they want to be alone. Um, they have this ability to remain isolated for long periods of time and they don't mind. They have the ability to focus on their work. They have a strong self-awareness of weaknesses and strength within themselves. Um, these kids, uh, you know, they're, 
they're okay. And that's how, when you go back to what Rodrigo was saying, know your kid, like where they're coming from. Um, now, the difference between a loner and an introvert is that introverts tend to enjoy the company of certain people or have a small group of friends. Well, most loners tend to avoid people completely. And loners seek solitude and prefer introspection to socializing, where introverts usually seek out social instances um, less than others, and they need some recharging time after their big social events. But they are different. A loner and an introvert are different. So, um, as I'm looking at like thinking of loners as, as a positive thing, there's a lot of great loners out there. If you're um, famous inventors um, tend to be loners, um, people who are writing, writers, they, like, they tend to be loners. And like Clint Eastwood, he's a loner, <laughs> you know? Um, but an introvert would be different. Those are small groups of people. And it is that fine line. Going back to my, my child that I was really worried about who was um, isolating themselves. And um, this child is an introvert. So when they started to spend a lot of time alone in their room, that's why I thought it was normal teenager behavior, okay? And I don't beat myself up about that because the signs and knowing this kid all led to me to believe that that is what was happening. Now, when it became more of a warning sign to me was when the there was no more socialization there was really really um no effort to going out and see friends anymore to get any socialize socializing at all um, because an introvert again can socialize they will socialize they just want small groups of people or they need to recharge after and so when this child was hiding and it really felt like hiding versus I want to be alone, to be creative, to, to be productive. See, there's a difference there between hiding and, hey, I need to be alone to do something that I really want to do. That's when the red flag started to come up. And that's when I had to start really paying attention to this kid. And I'll admit, even in the beginning, I was in denial about what was probably happening. I was like, no, nah, not my kid. How can that be? It, it was my kid. And thank God that I started to pay attention before it was too late, because there are plenty of families who will keep that um, denial for a little bit too long. And keep in mind that loners can be introverts, but not every introvert is a loner. And I think that's really important to distinguish. Um, I'm going to hand it back to Rodrigo. What do you um, think about what I just said? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, my, my son Samuel is, he definitely fits that, that, uh, that role of an introvert who's a loner. Uh, but again, uh, he has a, uh, I feel he has a uh, healthy sense of socialization, a healthy sense of who he is, of, uh, his own self-worth or whatnot. And so I don't, you know, I don't see anything wrong with him being a loner or an introvert, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but you know how we tend to associate stuff like that. Uh, at, <clears throat> excuse me. When it comes down to making sure that we understand those differences, that's why it's really important. That's why it's really important to see, you know, know our kids, know what kind of personalities they have, know what they're going through or not know what they're going through, but how know, know how to communicate with them so that they'll tell you what they're going through. Uh, it's very critical to maintain that dialogue. Uh, you've shared your story with me, Christina, and uh, you know um, I've, I've I've shared my story with my kids uh, about my kids, and you know uh, times when there was a struggle in communication. And the biggest part of it is really letting our kids know that there's that avenue, there's that outlet there. Don't don't think that you're alone on this uh, journey. Uh, there's been plenty of times when. Uh, I, as a parent, could have really just given up and just said, like, you know what, I don't want to, I, I don't want to deal with this, and you come to me whenever you want, and blah blah blah. But that's not, that's not the charge we have as parents. The charge that we have as parents is to really uh, emphasize our 
availability to our kids, the, our accessibility to our kids, and let them know even when they're struggling, even when they don't you know like us and hell they they hate us or they tell us that we don't we don't need them or they don't need us or whatever. It's incumbent on us to let them know like hey. I get it. You're going through something, uh, but I'm here for you. You know, I I I I want to communicate with you. Uh, you know, whenever you want to talk about something, and when you've established good communications uh, foundations with your kids, it, the only way you can do that is by being persistent about you know having that good communication and being honest and transparent, and you know talking to them, not talking at them. And so when we talk about, you know, introverts, again, recognizing that your kid's an introvert, there's nothing wrong with introverts. Like you just gave a great list of folks that are introverts. Uh, there's a ton of people that are introverts. Uh, so there's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you know your kid's an introvert, then you can use that. You can, uh, and you can use that to your advantage to be selective about when to talk to your kids, when to notice certain things that happen with your kids. Uh, you know, uh, again, when my son told me that he wanted to go to the mall, of course that lit me up. I said, this boy, are you serious? This guy's always, he's playing his video games. He has a ton of friends online. Uh, but you know, visually, I guess, uh, in, in offline world, you know, he, he doesn't really, I don't really see him going out and doing this and that. So again, when he said, Oh yeah, I want to, I want to go out with some friends uh, to the mall. That immediately shot, you know, uh, threw up a uh, not a red flag, but just a flag, right? I was like, oh snap, this is this is different, and that's because I I do recognize my kids' boundaries. I do recognize my kids' attitude, who he is, what's going on, and I really encourage fo uh, folks out there to do the same with their kids. Get get to know their your kids, you know, their identity, wh what they represent, uh, you know, how they carry themselves. Because that'll give you a better uh, opportunity to approach them, and you know, find the best way to communicate with them. I'll end it. I'll end it right here. I have a client who, unfortunately, was having a tough time with her with their daughter. Um, uh, their their daughter wasn't didn't want anything to do with them. Didn't want to do the X Y Z blah blah blah. And he felt like, hey, I, I you know, it's my weekend. You know, she has to come with me and this and that. And, and, and I told him, I said, when you force your kid to do something that's outside of their, their, you know, their decision-making and it's, it's, it's put on them, they're not going to want to do it. They're just not going to want to do it. You want your kid to do it. It's the same thing with conversations. You know, if you haven't established the communication with them, they're not going to want to communicate with you. So when you do notice a change in their behavior, you know, they're a loner, but now all of a sudden they're doing something entirely different as well. They're an introvert, but then you see them <clears throat> uh, being even more introverted and now, you know, progressing into a different stage. If you haven't established that communication, if you haven't established that consistency and you try to force the communication with them, it's going to be difficult. So well, the reason I bring that up is because I want to encourage folks, parents, start the communication now don't wait till the pair the problem uh, arises or the situation arises start it now start it casually start it very simply by saying hey how was your day and not holding anything against them uh that's what i wanted to add christina that's great and now let's get into the big warning signs these are the awning signs that i really wish um somebody had gotten um, our that kid that uh, did those terrible things in Texas not too long ago, uh, because I would suspect that he had a lot of these warning signs, Rodrigo. And I'm going to, I said it a couple weeks ago when we talked about what happened, and I'm going to say it again, that you don't have to be a parent to catch these warning signs and to go get this kid help. Um, you can do it as a community member, as a coach, as a teacher, as a neighbor, as an uncle or an and um, so these warning signs are really important. Um, the difference between the loner, the, um, the introvert, and now the kid that is really in trouble is this. They're gonna have these behavioral disturbances. They will likely be involved in some criminal conduct, so you have to watch out for that. They're gonna be um, into manipulation and deception. 
There's probably going to be a pattern of lying that's happening. There's going to be this lack of emotional response when you're trying to reach out to that kid um, because they they ha they disregard the welfare of others, to be honest with you, that they just don't care. They have this like ingrained pattern of avoiding avoiding personal responsibility where they, they just don't feel like it's up to them. Like, hey, I don't need to do that. Um, so they just throw their hands up and they don't want to do any of their chores maybe around the house on a very simple level to I don't need to do my homework. I don't need to go to school. They have no kind of um, they don't uh, really internalize any responsibility for what their their actions in their life. Um, there's this uh, absence of guilt or regret that happens when this um, disorder has come too far. There's a display of superficial charm sometimes in social situations when they're forced to be socialized, um, where they are just, it's very superficial and sometimes it's its very manipulative. Um, so you have to watch out for that. If it doesn't feel genuine to you, you gotta trust your gut on this. Um, they're gonna display the that lack of guilt, a lack of regret. Um, let's see, they have, um, they'll probably behave responsibly so they're being careless you're looking for careless behaviors um they're gonna act impulsively where you're just like you didn't even think before you did that what what were you doing you know it's you're like what because they're gonna act without thinking they're gonna um, seek stimulation through reckless activity and this could be a variety of things whether it's um trying to beat a train across a train track just for the fun of it to i mean it could be just about anything but i want you to be aware that this seeking stimulation they're trying to feel alive inside when they don't inside they're feeling um all these other negative feelings they want adrenaline rushes because it, it releases dopamine in their brain so they'll seek that stimulation but a lot of times it's just so reckless um that you need to watch out for that and sometimes they even have this inflated sense of self-importance where, you know, the only thing important in their life is themselves because they're not caring about everybody else. They don't really care about anybody outside of them, including you and your their parents, their family members. Um, and it goes that that's like the extreme, but it actually happens pretty quickly. So I know it's like, how can they miss that? But it'll happen so fast. And I'm gonna go back to, it just seems like typical teenager behavior sometimes when um, you know they're disre disregarding other people and teenagers are naturally pretty selfish people. And that's true, that's, that's how they're wired because it's a self, it's, a, you know, it's how we were built as a teenager for <laughs> to survive, like you were supposed to survive, take care of yourself. Um, and yet the difference would be normal teenager behavior still do, does care for other people. Um, it just might seem like they're selfish where the warning sign of this is they'd really have a disregard for the welfare of others in general. And just like, it's it's just not there. Um, but there's a fine line and it'll happen really quickly. Cannot emphasize that enough. So when you see even, you don't have to see all these warning signs all at once. And that should be um, something I need to really point out to you because it could just be one or two of these warning signs. and then you may not see the other ones but they're there because they're hiding still and they haven't come out so even if you see a few this is a call for help it's um it's the call for you to take action and help this kid and i highly encourage that you do um i know rodrigo you were following what happened uh in texas so closely since it was close to your home um do you know if there is similarities between what i just said and that kid that um, that committed these horrible things. Yeah, absolutely, Christina. And I think that um, obviously we we know what happened. We we know you know it, 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 terrible, terrible, terrible fucking tragedy. It should have never happened. But why did it happen, right? And uh, when we talk about these situations, it's not a justification. It's not rationalizing a tragedy, but it's really trying to prevent the next one. And uh, you, you said something earlier uh, that really I, I really appreciate that you shared, Christina, was that 
a lot of times parents don't think that it could be our kid. It, we, we really do get blinded by by our own kids. You know, we, we felt like, oh, no, uh, you know, uh, so-and-so, won't, no, he won't do that. He's just, you know, this and that. No, he's just acting now. You know how boys are and this and that. But then we see tragedies like this happen, and where did we fail as a community? One of the things that I, that I uh, have read that have been going on and that are really a great, uh, well, not great, but a signal, a, 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 a way to really determine if there's an issue or not, was his social interactions. Uh, that it was reported that he was uh, very uh, aggressive towards uh, approaching uh, women. Uh, he, he made advances. He would talk uh, uh, very, very strangely, you know, and he would, he would ask a, a girl out and then he would call her names and then he'd use language and this and that. Uh, again, uh, not knowing how to handle rejection, not knowing how to uh, read social cues, uh, you know, these, these things that a lot of us may take for granted. You know, unfortunately for him, it, it was difficult. And what did he do? He lashed out. All these were signs that internally there, there was, uh, he, he, you know, he just didn't know how to approach, uh, you know, the world. And, and he, he started internalizing a lot of these things. Unfortunately, nobody picked up on that. Nobody picked up on uh, his behavior, uh, his aggressiveness, uh, his name calling and this. And, that. and I know it's tough. It's, it's fucking hard, right? I mean, a lot of us grew up in those kind of situations, right? I know getting picked on was kind of a, a rite of passage for me in my neighborhood. And and hell, I have group text messages right now where it's a bunch of men and we're literally cutting each other down and poking fun at each other and doing this and that. But there's a difference between that being a healthy discourse and not being a healthy discourse and internalized into resentment, guilt, loneliness, and so forth. And so it's really critical, uh, like, like Christina was saying that we've mentioned in previous shows, <clears throat> excuse me, that even if it's not our kid, if we, if we see these signals, if we see these signs that we approach, that we approach, you know, f find a way to, to make that happen. If you can't, talk to the kid. If you don't have that relationship, talk to their parents, talk to their counselor, talk to anybody, tell anybody. We got to, we got to raise our kids. Uh, you know, the old saying, right? It takes a village. We, we really strayed away from that. Why? Because, you know, yeah, people are like, oh, that's my kid. Don't say this. Da, da, da. But, but we have to take that. It's really incumbent on us to do that because we see what's going on with our kids when they are left to, to figure things out on their own. You know, some kids, they're great at it. Okay. They, they, they're fantastic, phenomenal. Some kids are not, some kids are like me, you know, we, we get our, we got our education from our friends and, you know, we end up screwing things up here and there, but we turned out all right. And then there's some other kids that don't have that. And they're actually headed down a very dangerous path. And so it's really incumbent on us to take that charge and to say, Hey, you know what? Um, uh, what, what's going on? You know, I saw you do this and blah, blah, blah. And you never know. You, you might be that outlet. You might be that, 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 that person that helps that kid out because I know that uh, and I'll end here. I know that, uh, you know, the, the tragedy that occurred is a small knit community. And the one thing that really kind of gets to me is that with all these reports that came out, all these news articles and whatnot, a lot of people, a lot of people knew this kid. They, they knew who he was. They knew he was different, that he was going through some stuff. There was kids that said like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was you know, right. There were, there were parents, there were folks that, you know, either deliberately or just, just missed the signs. So it, it wasn't something that just crept under the radar. It, it was it was there. We just a lot of folks just chose to ignore it, and so I'm asking folks not to ignore those signs, you know. And 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 let's start hyper locally. Let's start with our own families first, and let's have a honest, critical look at our own kids. Hey, what what's you know going on with our kids? What what's going on? 
talk to them, lay that communication out, and then start extending to our own, you know, uh, our, our families, our friends, our schools, our communities, because uh, um, our, our kids, they might fly under the radar for the most part, but there's people that do interact with them. And so uh, if you're one of those people, I really encourage you to do that because uh, you never know. You, you never know. You might be that lifeline that a kid needs, uh, you know, before they, they go down a road that's uh, that's tragic. I'll end it there. Thank you, Christina. So much great stuff there, Rodrigo. Thank you. Um, and uh, that's what we have for today. But I do want to reiterate that um, the loners versus the introvert behavior, because it's it's a difficult thing to distinguish between the two. And then I'll I'll end with how my story ended um, with my with my child that I've been talking about this whole hour. So as a reminder that loners, they don't enjoy the company of others. They, they actually crave solitude and that's okay. They do their best thinking alone. So these are a lot of times are creative people and they have no desire to be the center of attention. And sometimes loners are this way, not only because that's how their brain is wired, but also because how their body is wired. These, some loners um, have, it's called sensory processing disorder, and they may not even know it, but they actually experience the world in a heightened state in more with more senses than what the normal average person does. So the lights are lighter, the, the, low, the, the noise is louder, the tastes are richer. Um, and so if the world is that stimulating to you, then you might want to be more alone. And then introverts, um, prefer to be alone, but they like people and uh, they need to be alone to recharge after having being socialized for a while. And they may enjoy the company of others, but they don't handle too much, um, too much of that. You know, all they just need that recharge time. It's really important. And they might get overstimulated by outside activity also. So those are things to think about. And when it came to my story, my um, my child that I was really worried about and I almost, I felt like I was gonna lose them. Um, what ended up happening there is I ended up getting that child help, really focusing on that kid. And uh, that child ended up coming out as transgender. And being that it's LBGTQ month, um, I just want to say that, again, you, I never saw this coming. <laughs> like you, you think a lot of like, not my kid, but guess what, my kid. <laughs> and um, it, it was it was surprising to me because I had no idea like if this was coming. And that, it, honestly, um, trans kids have the highest rate of suicide um, of all the populations because it's a scary thing for them. They hate their bodies, they hate, um, they, they know it's going to be a tough road ahead of them. They're, there's so many things happening inside. Um, and my kid was crying for help and didn't know how to deal with it and didn't know how to deal with what was going on inside. And luckily, I was there to support him at the time and be there and, and, and let him know that it was okay to be his authentic self. Um, but there are a lot of kids that do not have um, the luxury of that kind of support and family. So just um just wanted to tell you the how that story ended my my son ended up coming out and is now living authentically and although the road ahead is still has a lot of journey to happen and society doesn't always look upon um this population you know well um I'm there with that kid, and now that kid feels uh, okay and secure and would never want to hurt themselves. So it's, I don't wanna, you know, it's a happy ending so far, but it's, it's it was a lot of time, a lot of work um, on my end to make sure that this kid knew that they were safe and they were okay and they were accepted. And whether it's your child is going down a spiral because of, any issue it doesn't really matter what it is whether they're they're going down a destructive path or um an lbgtq path or some other thing that that's going on in their life um to catch those warning signs because they all look the same and to be there for your kid i can't i can't stress it enough so. kudos to you christina thank you for sharing your story that's always uh i feel like it's always important to let folks know 
that these uh these stories exist, y'all. You know, I know a lot of times uh, we we live in polarized times, and people think this is just um, legislative action, and this is just talking points and debates and this and that. And but it's re- it's real people, real lives, and real situations. And so it's really important that we do emphasize that. I I am the proud father of a uh, of a son who is gay, my oldest. He is something else, but it took a while, just like you did, Christina, for us to get where we're at now. Uh, there, there was there was a time when he and I didn't speak, and he was he was you know he he was dealing with his stuff and and uh, with his mom as well and this and that. And now we have a fantastic relationship. He has a healthy sense of himself, and it's really I really couldn't ask for a better relationship. And so I'm glad that you're sharing that, Christina, and I wanted to share my very small portion of it. Because again, folks, we, we've been through this road and we're really just trying to help folks out. I really encourage y'all to download this app that Christina has developed. It's called the Impactful Parenting App, uh, Behavior Management and Connection. That's the uh, website, but she has an app that's available as well, has a lot of good videos, got a lot of resources, toolkits for folks to you know, help, help them navigate uh, parenting. It, it's tough, y'all. It, it is super tough. Uh, you know, and as you can tell by Christina and I's story, uh, we, we've gone through some things. And so what we're trying to do is help folks, you know, navigate these situations, these, uh, uh, these, uh, incidences, these commonplace, uh, of, uh, interactions that parents and kids have. And maybe you don't know how to, you know, handle that. I think that's why it's really critical that we, you know, that we get all the best tools and things that we do. And before we wrap up, uh, you know, I just wanted to emphasize, get that app, download it, put it on your phone, check out the videos, and hopefully it'll be a great resource whenever you have something that comes up that you need help with. Uh, With that said, my name is Rodrigo. I am a co-parenting coach, consultant, and a mediator here in the state of Texas. Uh, I do a lot of whole different things. You can find me online. Mr. Bravo 365 anywhere. Uh, and I also want to promote Christina. Uh, again, her app is available. We have this room every Friday at 11 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Mountain, uh, 12 o'clock uh, Eastern here on the Amigos platform. We're always talking about elevating our community. I feel like this conversation today elevated the community again. We're trying to help parents out there, let them know, hey, you're not alone when it comes to parenting. You have a lot of folks supporting you both in your community and also here online with Christina and myself. And with that said, I'll pass it over to Christina for any final words. So until next time, remember parents, you got this. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.